Row here, bringing episode 28 of the T5 podcast. In this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Josh White, uh, who's an up-and-coming streamer on Mixer. He goes by the Xbox Gamer Tag as Great White OG. I'll have it spelled correctly in the title. Uh, it is a unique uh, gamer tag, the way he spelled it. Uh, however, uh, in this episode, he shares with us his experience uh, coming from the military, uh, and how he got into gaming and streaming, uh, as well as he gives some advice on people that are just getting started and wanting to gain some traction as a streamer. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Take care. Morning to you, Josh. Morning, sir. How we doing? Good, good. Um, all right, just a quick rundown real quick um, before we get rocking. So now... Just keep in mind, this is an actual interview episode, so the way we're going to flow this thing is uh, I'm going to introduce you, then, then I'm going to let you do your own introduction, and basically after that, we're going to, you know, the, the main topic point, you know, in this discussion will pretty much just be, um, you know, the fact that you're a streamer, uh, you're start, you know, you're kind of starting, you're up and coming, and, um, you know, we'll talk about kind of, you know, what got you in the gaming, um, you know, when did you start, you know, streaming, uh, you know, and then kind of what are some of the stuff that, you know, you, some of your experiences and whatnot when it comes to, you know, growing a little bit as a streamer. Uh, and then basically we'll kind of transition and segue from that into a value add segment where then I'll ask you some questions where you'll basically be able to give your advice and tips to somebody that, uh, maybe they're just getting started streaming. They don't really know where to start. Uh, they don't really know what are some things they could do to help, uh, you know, kind of get them, you know, get some traction with their stream. Uh, mm -hmm. So you'll have a chance to kind of give your thoughts on that. And then we'll pretty okay. much wrap it up with a fire round. Uh, okay. Our fire round is the last five minute segment of the podcast. where basically uh, I'll ask you a series of fun personal questions uh, you can either answer them or pass them on them, okay? Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Looking forward to it. Cool. If we do get cut out, uh, just, you know, like before, I'll send you another link. Or actually, as long as if, if we both get disconnected, I'll send you a new recording link. But if, you know, for some reason you get disconnected, then just, uh, you know, join back in on the same link. Absolutely. That, um, Absolutely. You know, I texted you, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. So, you're li okay, your last name's White. Correct, okay. correct, yeah. All right, cool deal. All right, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, guys, on this episode of the T5 Podcast, I have a good friend of mine, Josh White, also goes by uh, Great White OG. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let him spell that gamer tag out for you. It's pretty, uh, pretty creative. Uh, but he is an up-and-coming streamer uh, on Mixer, and uh, I recently got to know him from our uh, 2v2 blackout tournament that uh, our other streamer, Psycho, hosted uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, Josh is a really cool guy, man. He's got a lot of good value he's going to be able to bring us today. And uh, Josh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, sir. I'm happy to be here. Um, as you have pointed to, uh, my gamer tag is, is very unique. Um, my, my name, obviously, is Joshua. My last name is White. Um, I, when I started playing Xbox, I came up with a nickname, the great. Uh, so there's sort of a shark theme in there. Um, the spelling is a little unique. Uh, it's, it's G R 
eight, the numeric number eight, uh, W capital Y T lowercase E, uh, followed by an O G. And the white is, is really special as well because growing up, my nickname, uh, was whitey. Um, and when I made it to high school, uh, they shortened it to two letters YT, uh, which is really cool to me to be able to, you know, kind of bring a childhood fun nickname into my Xbox gamer tag, which I've had since the birth of, you know, coming online with, with Microsoft years ago. The OG is just a throwback. Um, I am an older gamer. Um, I, you know, I started gaming back in 1988 uh, when, you know, when the first Nintendo came out. Um, and I've had just about every console uh, known to man uh, since then. So the OG is an original gamer throw off. So that's that's kind of the meaning behind the name, if you will. And Josh, you were uh, in the military at one point, right? Or are you still in the military? No, sir, I was. I uh, so um, I was in college in 2001. Um, I was in a computer lab trying to, you know, illegally download some songs and burn them to a CD. When 9/11 happened, I watched that live on TV, and it kind of rocked me to my core. I had tried to join the Marine Corps a few months before 9-11, but my mother wouldn't allow it because I was 17 years of age and I was under her household. And you have to be 18 to sign up for the Marines or any branch of the military, rather, uh, without a waiver from your parents. So I had to go to college um, and college was kind of not going well. Um, I was around the same people that I really didn't care for at high school as a small local college. And uh, as soon as those towers fell, I couldn't get it out of my mind and uh, a few weeks later, the buddies that I was supposed to go in the Marine Corps with, they uh, they returned. I, I got to spend some time with them. And then we went to a local recruiter's office and signed up. And uh, my mom found out about it, went down to the recruiter's office and pretty much lit his ass on fire. And uh, we come to some we come to some terms. Um, I joined the Marine Corps Reserve, um, you know, one week in a month, two weeks a year. Still go to college. Everybody wins from that perspective. Um, but lo and behold, after all my training was done, um, I was a reservist for about three months and then I was called up and our unit was activated, uh, to go fight the invasion of Iraq in 2003. So I am a combat veteran, uh, with the United States Marine Corps. Mm. And, um, I mean, how long were you gone? I was only gone for about six months. So initially, you know, we were some of the first ground troops, uh, in country, and, uh, you know, we were stationed there at Camp Matilda, which was in a very flat spot uh, on the southern border of, of Kuwait there. It kind of bordered Iraq. Um, you know, we could see the 51st Mech, uh, which is our enemy across those enemy lines. And, uh, you know, we let them have the business as, as soon as the, the war kicked off around the 20th of March, uh, 2003. Um, myself, along with the rest of about 180,000 you know, coalition troops, uh, we crossed into enemy territory and we invaded the country. Wow, man. Well, you know, Josh, I've, I was here recently, we've had uh, quite a few, uh, you know, ex-military or even still some active military and, and veterans um, on the podcast that are, you know, all gamers. And, you know, I've been really uh, surprised to, to learn how much gaming has, you know, really, it's really is a part of, you know, the military culture and the lifestyle, man. I was just wanting to, to know if you can attest to that, even when you were deployed, obviously you're, you know, you're in a very uh, 
active fighting situation. I wouldn't assume that that was much, you know, it was much gaming going on in that atmosphere, but I could be wrong. Um, but, you know, can you, um, I guess, uh, you know, give us any insight on yeah, so, you know, gaming itself? Yeah, so, yeah for, for me, um, you know, we were, we were there, we were the, we kicked the door in, so to speak, you know, we didn't, you know, I didn't shower for over 60 days. Um, you know, meals were limited. Uh, there were firefights, obviously, you know, so my experience of Iraq, you know, there's a lot of folks that have, have obviously, cause the war lasted so long and some would argue that it's still going on. I was there during a major con, uh, conflict situation, you know, a combat situation. There's been years that have gone by to where there's, there's hostile areas, but you wouldn't consider it to be a major conflict. Now the Marine Corps is much different. Uh, there's there there were bases that you know an air force base that you would go to uh, that would have a similarity to a base back home um, and you're right as as gaming has become more of an online thing and electronics are are now mobile um, yeah I, I would see that gaming is a huge part of the military now just because it's an escape from the reality it's it's tough being in the military you're away from home um, it's not an easy job you're doing uh, sometimes you're deployed for a very, very long time. I was fortunate in that aspect I didn't get to. But on the flip side of that, you know, I would much rather have been gaming than doing what I was doing uh, in terms of just, like, dealing with that conflict. Yeah. I got um, you. To that point, though, uh, when I came back and uh, kind of transitioned back into the civilian world, I started working at Circuit City. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, being – uh, a tech techie kind of nerdy type uh i was always drawn to new technology hd tv i can remember selling those tvs at three grand a pop and you know they first came out uh you know obviously xbox 360 came out back in the day and was crazy i was telling the story the other day um as an employee we you know people used to camp out for consoles right and circuit city my location we knew we were getting some some xbox 360s we didn't know how many uh, and people camped out for like a week. Uh, some folks paid each other to camp out uh, to try to get one of the Xbox 360s when they first came out. And I think our store location only had like two at the time. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of people that went home disappointed that's, as well. That's crazy, man. You know, funny story too, man. I, if I, I can recall when I was little, like going to a circuit city where, near where I live, that was the very first time I ever saw an Xbox 360. It was at a circuit yeah. city, dude. Wild, right? Yeah. Wild. Yeah. And I was blown yeah. away, man. Cause you know, I, I mean, I had PlayStation two and, you know, I just, I remember walking, you know, walking in there and, um, you know, and actually not, I don't know. This is not PlayStation two. This was, um, this was, um, but you know, the first PlayStation, I believe I'm, I can't recall exactly, but I just remember walking in there and I, yeah, I seen it on the TV. There's it was, it was actually Madden playing. I can't remember what Madden it was, but the graphics, man, I was just like blown away. It was just amazing. Oh, it's crazy, man. Yeah. And, you know, that, that 360, I, I was able to get my hands on one later that day when they first launched, my brother came down and purchased it um, because we got a couple more in later that day that nobody was aware of. And we were like one of the first households to have an Xbox 360, you know, fast forward a few months later or, or maybe even a year and we started diving into online gameplay, the multiplayer experience. And my first gaming experience online was was Halo. I think it's Halo 2, maybe Halo 3, can't remember. But it was in an online setting, uh, first-person shooter against, you know, somebody in a different part of the land. 
you know, talking smack to one another. Those days were amazing. I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. You know, then Modern Warfare uh, uh, came out, you know, the next year. And I kind of transitioned in the Call of Duty series. And, uh, you know, anybody that's been a fan of it and playing the series for uh, many, many years knows how, how toxic and how fun that, that in-game banter was. Um, it's, it's not like it is today. There's too many rules and you can get banned super quick. Uh, but, you know, growing up in that era to where it was hard to get banned, there was some crazy trash talking going on for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, uh, you know, Josh, I guess, um, you know, obviously we, we've learned about, you know, how you got started in gaming. I mean, you know, what is, I guess, express to us everything that's led up to, you know, you starting to stream and kind of what was the the motive behind that and, um you know, I mean, how has all that went for you at this point? Yeah, so it's it's odd, man. You know, it's just, uh, you know, I've been playing games, like I said, my whole entire life. And uh, I've been pretty competitive. I'm a competitive person regardless. Um, you know, I, I'm someone that hates to lose. Uh, but at the same time, I almost feel like I never lose in a situation. And I'll elaborate on that that statement here. Um, you know, we as we as humans... Uh, we pride ourselves in being the best we overall can anytime in life. And, uh, you know, if you take the mindset of losing a certain situation, whether it be a game, a sporting game, um, something goes bad at work in your life, you didn't get the promotion that you tried out for, you lost in that scenario. But if you think about it, what you really gained is a new perspective, a new way to improve yourself. So even in my even in my losses in life, I'm the type of person that goes back and kind of weighs in on, okay, what, what could I have done better in that scenario to improve? So thus, if you think about it, you know, even when I'm losing, I'm winning. If you're gaining that type of perspective. Um, I know I kind of got sidetracked on where I was going with that though, but uh, I got into streaming last year. Um, so player unknown battleground came out and, uh, you know, that was my first experience with a BR. I know there was another popular game out called Fortnite, but, you know, being in the military, you know, loving first-person shooters, you know, even a third-person perspective, like, I just love that militaristic style of gameplay. That's why I love Call of Duty so much. There's a military aspect to it. Obviously, it's morphed into this futuristic, you know, super fast-paced game, and I, I can get behind that, too, but it's still... It's still one of those scenarios where I enjoy a good military shooter. And, uh, you know, I started streaming on Twitch. You know, I, I, a few times I got a camera straight from my Xbox and I started streaming to Twitch. And I didn't know anything about it. And someone, you know, told me, say, hey, we've got our own platform on Xbox uh, called Mixer. Why don't you try that out? So I tried it out and, uh, you know, bought myself a little camera and a monitor. Um, and just hooked it up straight to the Xbox, and obviously I had some lagging issues or whatever. Um, you know, it wasn't a clean stream. Um, so then I started just, like, researching, watching other streamers, uh, getting into that lifestyle. Um, the Dr. Disrespects, the Shrouds, uh, the Viss, all those folks, and you just kind of learn and uh, say, man, I'd, I'd like to give my hat a try at that. So it's just been trying to build a small channel myself uh, without really having any technical experience. Uh, that's why my channel kind of suffers from a 
in my opinion, content. There's a lot of other guys out there that know what they're doing from that aspect. And I'm slowly just kind of piecing it together. Um, got a capture card. I've got a separate laptop um, that I stream from uh, using Streamlabs. And then I just game on my Xbox with an Elite controller. There you go. What kind of, so what kind of camera are you using? Uh, it's a Logitech HD. Uh, it's a 1080p. I, can't, I don't remember the nomenclature of it, but it's just a, about a $60 HD camera. Okay. Cool, man. Um, and I know a lot of people, uh, you know, wanting to start streaming. It's, yeah, it's, you'd be surprised it's a bigger, a bigger uh, ordeal for them is just figuring out what kind of camera. Yeah, and then just like for me, it's, it's, it's trying to figure out, you know, how do you get your audio of your teammates uh, into your stream if you're using a capture card. And, you know, Xbox has a, has a funky little way that you can do that in the settings. Uh, Are you using from- the Elgato? I do use the Elgato, and again, that's where I struggle with like the the technicality of it. Is just I've got every cord known to man, a mix amp, everything, um, and it just doesn't sound right to me. I'm I'm very, I've got some some hearing issues, obviously, um, you know, just from shooting loud guns. Um, so uh, sound is important to me because again, I'm very very competitive, and uh, using whatever functionality that Xbox provides. Uh, you know, I can tell personally in my gaming experience when I'm allowing a party chat to go to my stream uh, from when I'm not. Um, so depending on what game I'm playing, uh, for instance, that tournament coming up this weekend or any tournament, uh, when I'm streaming live, you're not going to hear my teammates with me only because I'm focused solely on uh, the game itself. Uh, when I'm just streaming for fun, uh, you're going to hear the banter of my, my friends. I got you. Well, let's, let's jump into that a little bit. So, um, you know, I alluded to this at the beginning. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, Josh here participated in uh, Psycho's 2v2 blackout tournament that TE5 hosted. Uh, he made it all the way to the finals, ended up falling short to uh, a good buddy, Scottish Rebel. Uh, Josh, just explain to us, you know, what was that experience playing in that tournament like for you? If I want to recall, was that like the first tournament you actually played in or was have you played in some other ones before no 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 so that's the first like tournament per se i used to we used to play in game battles uh mlg uh back in the day um you know i want to think world at war but it wasn't a competitive there was no money involved it wasn't a tournament setting um that was years ago so yeah this is the first real tournament that we got in and uh, a friend of mine sergeant smasher uh, who you did a podcast with, uh, you know, he's friends with Psycho. And uh, I met Psycho through some, some games play. We, we shared a, a day or so that we played together. And uh, he's a very, very, you know, popular streamer, uh, which was great just to be a part of his, his tournament. Um, for one, there was a lot of exposure that night. You know, I think he carried a lot more viewers than at that time. He's, he's grown exponentially since then, but he carried a lot more viewers, uh, you know, watching him. I know Smash did as well. I I had, I probably had seven or eight times what I normally carry on a day-to-day basis watching us that whole entire tourney. It was just a lot of buzz with it. Uh, my partner um, was was Birch the Booty Gob, and uh, you know he's a fantastic player, especially in Call of Duty. Um, and we we play probably you know more together than anybody else out of my regular playlist, only because he's he's online, he's in college. Um, and his availability so we we make a pretty good team um you know our first few rounds not saying anything about the folks we played in but 
you know, we're an aggressive play style and uh, we dropped hot every time. And the first two, three rounds uh, that worked in our favor uh, because we were allowed, we were, we were affording ourselves the, the quick, fast, easy kills off the start to get a huge lead. And then the longevity of the game obviously played in our favor. When we made it to the finals against, uh, against Scottish Rebel game one, we had six kills inside of 96. Yeah, y'all was crushing it at the start. Man. And I was like, dang, Josh going off too, man. I was choosing, I was telling, you know, me and Carolus were, sorry not to cut you off here, but Carolus and I, you know, uh, he was adamanting it with me and we were watching it. And uh, I told him, like, I, I know my man, uh, Great White, here is about to take this, man. And, then, you know, those first, those first couple minutes and I'm watching you, I'm like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, so I squad wiped. Birch had another two. And then whoever the teammate of the two that Birch had um, eventually came up on us. Um, so here we are inside of the main building at train station, uh, four kills in. I'm trying to heal up. Birch has no heals, so he's probably at 40%, 50%. And we had a guy that was looking at us uh, through one of the, the windows to the south, and I called him out, and I think I had a rampart. And I, I, I fed everything into that guy that I had. He knocks me. And I know that he was hurt. He was probably one or two shots. Uh, and him and Birch started training. And for whatever reason, I don't know who had the slightest bit of health on the other, but – he got the knock on Birch and we got wiped. And here we are, 90 seconds in, six kills. Um, had we killed that guy and made it to the end of that game, because the, the the Rebel crew eventually went down with two kills shortly after we went out, I think the longevity would have played in our favor. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, even going into round two, you know, we drop in the train again and we, we pick up another three quick kills. Birch gets thirsted. Uh, I run away. I've got an outlaw with no sight, um, and I think a SOG or something like that. So I'm running around, and the train is hot at this point. There's like four or five of the squads. So I run out towards Hydro, and I'm hitting those two warehouses, still no loot, still no loot. I make it all the way up uh, in between Hydro and Estates in that area, and uh, I notice a, a, a seven-ton come up with two guys. So I hit them with a trip mine. I, I just slingshotted a couple trip mines and I got a hit on the vehicle. And, uh, in my opinion, I thought it should have blown up. Um, but you know, we end up, I end up chasing those guys at the top of the hill, uh, with very little stuff. And I didn't, I, I tried to make a play and it didn't work out. Um, subsequently our, uh, our competition was able to just land fracking tower, kind of play it safe, played the edges. And, uh, you know, I, I just saw them, you know, engage, um, I felt like the in-game competition for that particular server, you know, if we could have made it, it would have been a heck of a, I, I think it would have been more of a show uh, because they were, they were running in scenarios to where they were knocking guys off four wheelers. Uh, at one point, I think rebel was down and his teammate was flashed and all the guy that had to do was come up and kill them both, but he didn't press. So they got lucky. He got the red um, and they just made it to the end game and, and got some good kills and some good knocks. So they took a huge lead. And, uh, you know, coming into the final round, we just went for broke and uh, it didn't work out in our favor. So we picked the wrong time to have our worst games of the day, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I mean, that's the thing with tournaments, the man. Things, you know, things happen yeah. and <clears throat> there's some circumstances as well that you can't control. But, 
you know, it's really, I think, like I said, to me, the big difference was just the shift in the mindset. You know, they were playing for much, much more longevity. They were not wanting to be aggressive at the start. They wanted to pick their, their places to, you know, take their kills, get their gunfights. You guys wanted to get in high, get the early advantage. You know, I think to me with you guys, it really was just a matter of, knowing when enough's enough and like you go in there get a few and then like you know bounce out and then reposition yourself to be in a better position to you know take advantage of the kills but at the same time you know not put not put yourself at risk i'll say absolutely and uh, i think you'll see you know coming up on saturday we we lost our first battle but we gained perspective so we've got a whole new game plan coming in uh, my only concern, you know, he's been playing it pretty regular since. Um, I've obviously switched over to a new game. Uh, the controls, I, I usually run tactical on Call of Duty. Um, I can't find a setting with an Apex that mirrors that type of, like, controller layout. So I've tried to reconfigure my Elite to kind of mirror both and, and find some common ground. That way, if I want to jump on Apex uh, in between and play with some friends and get that experience, that it's not going to mess up my overall playability within call of duty if that makes sense because that's a problem man different button sets and everything like that um i'm trying to throw a grenade or a moat in call of duty and it's a totally different setting in uh, apex so. oh yeah that's always an issue man but you know you usually get a couple games in of cod if you've been playing apex and you know you usually get the flow back pretty quickly yeah so i, I think for the rest of the week i'm going to stay off the apex and uh, i've already started getting some new handles with a new update um, there's not too many changes to blackout that i've seen uh, the armor is obviously a little different. There's not really any weapon tuning outside of LMGs making more damage. So, yeah, we're, we're just going to get back into it. I expect us to do really well this weekend. So, you know, after the after that Psychos tournament, you know, there at the end, you know, you had, uh, you know, uh, told me that you wanted to start and host your own tournament. Uh, what, what made you decide to want to do that? It's just the excitement of doing something, man. We, uh, we play these games all day, every day. And for Blackout, you know, if you grind this game, I've been max, I've been max level since, like, the 1st of November. So a lot of the wins and merits that I have, you know, I haven't, have, have been zero for many, many, many months. So just joining a tournament and giving it – it wasn't even about the money, you know. 25 bucks, you know, I'm not trying to, you know – say anything about that or not it's it's a great prize i just wouldn't have said if we would have won i wouldn't have accepted it just because that's not what i was there for i was there for the experience and i had a really really good experience and uh i was just trying to bring something else um i had a lot of friends that were watching uh that tuned in i said man i would really like to do that and uh that's why that's what prompted me to say okay you know well i hope they signed up for uh saturday right yeah they have you have so the so the I, I, I have personally had, like, six teams sign up, I think, which is good. I mean, with with schedules and people's works and things like that, and it's a commitment. You know what I mean? Guys have lives. But, yeah, so six so I have, I have six teams uh, from my perspective, and I saw, like, we've gained two or three more since. Yeah, I think uh, we're at nine right now currently as we stand. Mm-hmm. we still got a few days to go, so hopefully we'll get a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I'm excited for this Saturday and, you know, this just really goes to the movement and I'll kind of share, you know, kind of an experience as far as from my perspective with T5, you know, for, 
those of you listening, maybe you, you don't know a whole lot about what TE5 does. You know, we're an event hosting organization in esports, uh, but we also have our own. Uh, we're trying to develop our own esports teams as well that will go out and compete. Um, however, you know, in this scenario, we've tried so many ways to host tournaments on different games, different ways to promote it. And we've just, we've struggled, you know, we've had a couple, you know, decent tournaments over the last couple months that we've promoted exclusively as TE5, but uh, all in all, it has just been really hard to keep the consistency. And of course, I mean, you know, if we were going to throw up a whole bunch of money, could we get a lot more people to sign up? Yeah, we could, but uh, that's not economically feasible at this point. You know, we're not, we're not profiting and making money at this point. So uh, maybe down the line, that's, that's a more realistic uh, thing we can do, but that's just not the case right now. So, you know, I really had to sit down and get creative. I'm like, you know, how can I get consistent, um, you know, consistent, uh, you know, people signing up for these tournaments and playing? Cause at the end of the day, I mean, these tournaments are great. They're fun. They're competitive, but you know, obviously I'm doing it for exposure. You know, I'm trying right. to grow the brand. I'm trying to grow the name. Uh, that's that's really the only reason I'm doing it. That's why, you know, obviously I don't care if I make any money on it because it's not about the money. It's about, you know, hey, people know who T5 is. They know what we do, you know, and obviously hooking up with Psycho and, and you know, from him, it's kind of just tr- stemmed down into all these other streamers now, like Smasher, yourself, you know, Scottish. Like, you know, that tournament that we ran for him was – amazing because it was a bunch of streamers you know what i'm saying like a lot of even the tournaments that we had when we even when we had a lot of people uh over the past few months they weren't really streamers and you know i got to thinking like this is it you know how do i want to grow it's through influence it's through you know teaming up and partnering with these streamers and trying to promote them via their own tournaments and whatnot and then you know use it as a way to uh, promote to their followers and give their followers an, a, uh, an actual competitive experience just to kind of envelop in their total, uh, you know, the total theme that is that person, you know. So with Psycho, obviously, he's got, you know, tons of, of followers and people that are with him, you know, but giving them the ability to say, hey, I can come in and play against Psycho or whatever the case is and just have fun playing Cobb Blackout, you know, I, I think it just adds a new dimension to that experience for you know, his followers and, and it should do the same for you and, uh, you know, whoever else that, you know, we end up hosting tournaments for, but this whole, uh, you know, basically the, the theme of running tournaments for our streamers and influencers, uh, is by far, uh, what's getting us the most success at this point. So, uh, that's something we're going to continue to do. And, Absolutely. and I think, you know, the feedback you received from us, I think on Saturday's roundtable discussion was, you know, I would, I would love to see you guys just get a channel. And it doesn't have to be anything special. Just throw your logo up and, you know, friend all of us uh, that's in the tournament that, that are streaming. And then you can just, you and your, your colleague Careless can, can both co-host or, or just host whoever streamer, is on and just kind of shoutcast uh, to that audience, and, uh, you know what I mean. So it would bring who whoever's involved. You know, obviously they're going to watch their favorite streamer, but let's just say they might want to branch off real quick and and see who their favorite streamer might be up against. You know, next round, and uh, you know, so there's some opportunity for you guys to further branch off of not only our networks but grow your own network. 
And I think that's the exciting part about it. Um, you know, and who's to say that, you know, eventually, you know, as we all grow, you know, if we don't, you know, come up with underneath your umbrella of the T5, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, you know, if there's some opportunities to help each other out and, and grow an organization um, from scratch, that's that would be huge. Yep. Uh, Josh, give me one second. Hold oh, on. you're fine. You're fine. I'm going to say bye to my son real quick. All right. Come here. Bye. 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 <laughs> So love you. Love it, man. <clears throat> All right, I'm back. Well, I'll edit that part out. But no, you're fine, man. It's good. I don't edit it out. I'm a dad myself, so I get it. Cool. All right. Um, so lost my train of thought there. Um, <clears throat> you know, we got you know, uh, in, in in the roundtable podcast, guys. If you haven't listened to that. Uh, make sure you uh, you can do so. It is an episode we've recently published. You know, we've talked about uh, starting a league. Okay, uh, that was an idea that I had uh, surrounding this this mantra because you know, obviously, with you guys kind of being, you know, you guys meaning Psycho Smash Scottish yourself, and hopefully we can get you know a few more, uh, you know, streamers kind of in that circle. Um, you know, just kind of doing a, a league where we'll host tournaments every month and then it all kind of, you know, we keep, you know, track of the record and the rankings and stuff. And then, you know, we kind of have like a big uh, championship tournament at some point. Um, you know, share with us, Josh. I mean, is that is that something that you'd like to see? And if so, you know, um, you know, I guess what would be some of the things you'd, you know, you'd want us to do with it? Yeah, so that's absolutely a, a thing that I would love to see. And I think we can get, you know, not only streamers, but, you know, some decent competition in there as well to make it even more fun. Um, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't always have to be about the money. It just gives us another avenue to play the game with. Otherwise, you're just grinding for nothing. I know they've added, you know, some new things in Blackout, some new content that's going to allow people to, uh, you know, to kind of grow with the game. Uh, which is fun because it's going to keep it somewhat fresh. Uh, but if you don't have a tournament setting or you don't have a league setting, then these games can get kind of stale at times. So I would be all in favor uh, of uh, and supportive and, and, and volunteer my time um, to that league. Awesome. You know, I mean, and let's talk about, you know, we're, we're going to try to do an Apex tournament as well mm -hmm. on March 16th, guys. And also, before we get into this, um, this Saturday, okay, February 23rd, uh, the signups are still available for um, Josh's tournament, the 2v2 Blackout hosted by us, T5. Uh, you can sign up for it if you go to our Instagram uh, you'll see a link to it, or if you just hit us up on Twitter or whatnot and, and you want to sign up, uh, just just let us know. Or if you're in our Discord, let us know. Uh, we'll make sure you get that link where you can sign up with your partner. Um, you know, but Apex, man, it's been the hot game. Uh, it's kind of taken over, taken over, uh, kind of taking over the world right now this very moment. I know uh, everyone's been uh, throwing up the Apex Fortnite comparisons, but you know, where do you see this game going, um, you know, over the next, you know, six months to a year? 
Uh, do you think it's going to get to to the level of Fortnite? And you know, as far as your tournament, we're going to try to host, which is going to be a three v three odd man tournament. Um, do you feel pretty confident that we'll be able to get some people for it? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Um, absolutely. It's uh, you know, the first the first order of business was just getting folks into the the blackout tournament. You know, because that's coming up this week, like we, we keep saying. Um, you know, and then we've got a few weeks to kind of prep for Apex, but Apex is absolutely taking the gaming world uh, by storm. If you're a streamer and influence on any channel, uh, the reason why this game is popular is because it's a fresh of breath air. Um, it's different. Uh, you, if, if you've been a popular streamer, or, you know, you've just been streaming anything, as you know, content matters, man. If, you're, if you've had a lot of success off of Fortnite, uh, hats off to you. You know, and I'll use Ninja as an example. That guy has played more, you know, Fortnite than most people alive. He's made a lot of money off of it, you know. But as a gamer, you don't want to just put all your eggs in one basket, uh, you know. Obviously, he gets paid and he gets makes a lot of money doing that. But at the same time, it's just like you got to give people a break every now and then. You you crave new content. I think what's unique about Apex is it came from a franchise. It spawned from a franchise that was a decent game, but it didn't have staying power within this community. You know, there's some diehards that still are out there playing it. But overall, it couldn't compete with a Call of Duty franchise or anything like that. Uh, Fortnite came on the scene as sort of a like a spawn. Uh, I remember when they first added BR as a, as a patch note to that game, because uh, it didn't start out as a BR mode only. They added that mode, and, you know, those guys are now billionaires for it. But, you know... Fortnite's popularity, I think, it's free to play. Obviously, it, it appeals to a much broader audience base. I, I think even though there's weapons involved, uh, it's almost like a, a Looney Tune feel, so to speak. Mm -hmm. so I think parents are allowing their children to play it. It's simple. Uh, you know, I, and I say simple because some of these guys have, have mastered the art of the you know, the trick shots, you're always going to have those master players. But, you know, I've got a six-year-old son that can get on there and play that game. And he's, he gets, he gets you know, he gets pretty far within the game. He can't do the same inside of Blackout, and he can't even remotely get anything to do with Apex. So there's a, there's a huge skill gap with any game that comes out. Um, I don't think Apex will have the staying power of, a Fortnite uh, from a mass appeal perspective, but what it is going to have is a huge following from the players that are able to use uh, the mechanics of the game. It's a little, it's a harder game, so it's not a, it's not a simple game like like Fortnite, in my opinion. Uh, so there's going to be a split in player base, and Fortnite's going to come strong with their updates and their appeals to that specific demographic of player, and then Apex is also going to appeal to its own because if you if you've noticed about the launch they didn't care to what people thought they launched a, a private uh you know rollout they didn't do any public beta testing um so they're comfortable in their own skin being whatever they are and i don't think like they're going to be like treyarch and vondahar in an aspect so where they're trying to please everybody just to take you know, players from Fortnite, Apex is its own thing. And I think that's what makes it so much of a fresh breath of air uh, to any other game out there.
Yeah, it makes me and, – and I'm not first person that's thought about this, and I don't know if you're into Overwatch at all mm-hmm. or you know much about it, but it <clears throat> it really seems like an Overwatch style of BR. Like if I had to picture Overwatch in a BR format, I would I would look at Apex in, in a sense. Um, yeah. Just because of the characters, you got all these different abilities with each of these characters and stuff, and it, it is more complex. It's not as uh, – Simple and straightforward, but also I, I think that's what makes it stand out, you know? Absolutely, man. And it's all about you've got to have pretty decent aim uh, on that game, too. And you got to know that there's a team aspect of it or two. Like, I can branch off and blackout and feel totally comfortable in a 1v3 or 4 situation. Uh, but in Apex, I don't feel comfortable at all by myself. Um, only because it's it's harder to, to, to get the knock on people, you know, with shields and everything so it's a team aspect uh which is also different than any other game out it's just a lot of fun man and i think that you know going back to you know you're trying to accomplish and what i'm hoping to accomplish you know is we're both out for exposure uh do something a little different grow our communities and i think tournaments are are a good stepping stone for that uh to that next level and apex should be in the mix because it's a very popular game and people are going to tune in uh, to the games that they want to see. Absolutely. So, you know, Josh, do you want to, you know, are you one day hoping that streaming is your full-time job and are you trying to really just blow up as big as you can with it? Or is this kind of just something that, you know, you do for fun, you're not going to, you know, taking it to that, trying to be that serious to get to the, you know, to a level where it is a full-time a job for you and you just want to continue to kind of grow gradually like what's your what's your vision for how you're gonna grow yeah so i it's a great question i've been uh i've been streaming for about a year now and uh you know my first few months on i got about a hundred followers you know something like that maybe a little less uh but i only played one game and uh that was PUBG. so that's the game that i started on not everybody's a fan of PUBG. Call of Duty came out. I started grinding that game, and I picked up a lot more viewers. Um, you know, and here recently, I've become friends with some mixer partners. Uh, you know, I love to give a shout out to uh, you know my now friend Captain Sixteen. You know, the man's got a um, he's got a following base, and you know, one Sunday night stream before I'm getting ready to fly out to Vegas for work. I get raided by his community, and uh, it was a complete shock out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, we've just become friends ever since. And I think that's the power of, of you know, streaming. It's like I've made so many friends uh, outside of the general folks that I play with just from streaming. And I get the most joy out of that. Um, you know, I've got a guy watching right now that's hosting my channel as we're live kind of chatting here uh, down in Texas. Um, and shout out to TJ here. He's uh, he's very supportive of my channel. He saw he saw my channel in hype zone, um, and I think it was for blackout or whatever. And he just can, can they hear me right now, or can they hear you? Yeah, he can hear me. Yeah, you can hear you. They can hear me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going through my mic. Hey guys, if you're listening uh, to this podcast as it's live, man, I appreciate you guys. You guys mean a lot to to me, and, and I know Josh as well, man. So much love to y'all. Absolutely, thank you, man. Go ahead. So, uh, you know, unless I absolutely – and this is the the crazy part, too, is, like, I've noticed – I did my research. Obviously, I'm a little bit older, and I've got, 
you know, my college degree in business and I've been in the business setting manager uh, positions for, you know, pretty much the past 12 years. So if, if there's an opportunity to make some cash, you know, on the side, I don't forever see this, you know, unless I'm wrong uh, for me pers- personally, because I, I have a fantastic career outside of this, um, you know, very fortunate to be in a position that I make. So I, there's no way that I'm going to be able to supplement income. Absolutely not. Not even, not even if I had a hundred thousand followers and, you know, you know, 500 subscribers or, or more, like until I got on the level of like a, a doctor disrespect or, or one of those guys to where like they're getting huge sponsorship money. Like there's no way now could I, if I got a character and, you know, maybe even switched the platform, started streaming on both mixer and Twitch, you just never know. Um, I think the folks, and I could be wrong uh, in my perspective of, of platforms here, but if the money's in Twitch, I think, um, there's some folks on here making good money on Mixer, I feel, but I still don't think popularity-wise, I think Twitch hits more more people, and there's more opportunity to make more money over there. And, oh, yeah, most uh, certainly. I agree with you, but you know, Mixer, to me, is a ma- massive land grab right now. It's mm-hmm. wide open, um, and I, I can see Mixer you know, getting up there at some point with a Twitch, as long as it keeps going on the track, it is. And, you know, there can be some really big personalities come out of Mixer, which I think at some point there will be. And, um, yeah, you, you know, but, um, but yeah, nonetheless, go ahead with your, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So to back to your point of, of where do I see this going? I absolutely, uh, want to make partner, uh, with Mixer. Um, I'm having a, a, a tough, tougher road at it. Um, than most uh but at the same time my channel is growing and i'm happy with the views that i do have i'm very appreciative uh, it's, it's small enough now to where you know if they're if i got folks coming in every day to say hi i know them by first name now uh they're on my friends list we play together um and i'm, I'm growing daily and uh I, I don't get i don't focus on the aspect of how many followers i have or the fact that i haven't made partner yet this is, I didn't set out on this journey to supplement any, any income. And I think for most people out there that want to start a channel up, if you have a goal to make partner and then just think that the money is going to come in, that's a naive thing to do. Because even if you were to make partner and let's just say you get some subscribers, the, just going out on your own and, 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 and just trying to put all your eggs into one basket and make money off of it. It's very, very stressful. You know, and this is for any business that you start up on your own. Cause essentially you're starting your own business. This is your thing. This is your brand. You know, I think once you make partner, you have opportunities to, to seek sponsorships. Um, you know, obviously you can solicit subscribers, but that's not saying that those subscribers are going to stay with you forever. Things happen. In those subscribers lives, uh, money changes, so you have to have a real life uh, understanding that there's a lot that can happen and you could have a successful channel for six months and then, you know, you could fall flat on your face. You can't just rely on streaming alone, um, popular or not. And that's just a real life scenario. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, 
So, Josh, I'm I'm a first time streamer. I'm watching you right now. Maybe I've I've started streaming for a couple weeks or a month. I'm not really seeing much traction. Um, what are some key things I should do to you know start seeing a little bit of results? You know, it's 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 a lot of you know. I'm in I'm in development now. I'm an executive for the company I represent. I'm in development, so it's about networking. And I mean that in a loose term. How can you network? Well, you got to put the time in. You got to put the work in. You got to go out and watch other people. It's not just about you. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't fire up your Xbox or your computer, throw a camera on, and expect, oh my gosh, I'm the best player ever. These folks are going to flock to me. You know what I mean? You've got to learn the ropes, so to speak. And I've learned a lot over the past three months. Uh, you know, and how to do all that. When you're not playing, you're hosting other people. And even if you don't have anybody to necessarily bring over to that person, whoever you're hosting, they they realize that. And you've got to you've got to host and and partner and and say hi and watch other people that are not just mixer partners. You have to try to expand your network. Um, so that's that's step number one is is not just to try to make it all about you. Okay. You've got to go out and make new friends. And, uh, you know, second, you've got to play games that are relative. If you're just a player that, you know, plays a certain type of genre, you know, you're obviously going to appeal to a smaller fan base. And, uh, you know, so you've got to broaden your horizons a little bit. Um, You've got to, you know, find people with some influence power. You've got to be on social media. Um, you've got to be relevant. It's just starting from scratch, you know, ground zero. Uh, but I think in order to be successful, you have to have the understanding that if you're wanting to do this, you're going to have to spend real money. Um, yep. Just face it. You got to have a good camera, you know, overlays are important. You know, the, you know, maybe even do a character, you know what I mean? Like you heard Psycho the other day and his his thing, how he kind of morphed his character, his brand. And, uh, you know, he's got a sweet channel. And, you know, it's full of of interactive buttons and, and different things going on, the voice mods. You know, go out there and see other folks like Captain, who's just got, you know, just beautiful overlays and how he interacts with his chat. If you really want to do something big, you got to be a student of the, of the game as well. And not just focus on me, me, me all the time. Josh, you mentioned that you know people will need money to you know to to see to start seeing some uh, results, I guess, significantly. Can can you put that into perspective for our listeners? Yeah. As so, as we, so I yeah. started off uh, Xbox One X. Um, you know, obviously that thing costs five hundred bucks to run that machine. You know, and if you're trying to stream directly from your Xbox, you're going to notice. Uh, you're going to notice some, some performance issues when you're streaming. Um, you know, some, some little bit of lag there. And if you're competitive, it's going to bother you. So you're going to have to look to buy a, uh, uh, a solid state drive, an external, the one that hooks up to your Xbox. Uh, depending on what you get it from, that's another 100 bucks. You know, and then you're probably going to want a separate uh, PC or laptop or whatever that you could stream 
directly to, uh, which is going to involve a Elgato or some type of capture card. Um, that's a few hundred bucks. Uh, then you're going to get into the lighting aspect of it. I have a uh, one of the new Elgato key lights that I, you know, saved up for. Uh, that's another couple hundred bucks. Uh, laptop, thousand bucks. Um, you know, headset, couple hundred bucks. Mix amp, hundred bucks. Elite controller, hundred bucks. Uh, I have a Blue Yeti microphone, a couple hundred bucks. You know what I mean? So it's just like, if you've been That's keeping right. tab there, it's a couple yep. thousand dollars. You know what yep. I mean? And I don't even have a popular channel. And uh, I've got a BenQ uh, 4K gaming monitor. That's like four or $500. So it's just like, you start adding up, man. It's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. So guys listening, I hope that you put a little bit of that in perspective. Um, which I assume a lot of people listening probably already have an Xbox. You probably, you know, or you have some console, some gaming console uh, or PC at some, at some level or computer. But obviously, if you don't, um, you know, it, you know, it is going to cost you some money to get set up and get started. Um, but one thing I just want to add, <clears throat> you know, if you're if you're serious about streaming, that also means you got to be serious about content. Um, and I, to me, what's blowing my mind and I'm not seeing enough of this, especially with small level, really, I mean, you know, the mid to high, you know, the mid to, to the high level streamers, you know, they get the power of podcasts, but I am not seeing, uh, enough small streamers or, you know, even like kind of people that are just now kind of starting to get off the ground, they are not doing podcasts. And I, I am baffled by that because mm-hmm. podcasts are absolutely free. If, if you're, if you're using like the app I'm using anchor, they actually sponsor this podcast. This isn't, but this isn't a sponsored message. I'm just telling you, uh, you can produce podcasts for free. Um, podcasts are also a great way to network. All right. Now, Josh and I have talked a couple times before we got onto this episode, but I didn't, I've learned more about Josh now than I have, you know, ever. And, and to me, that that's, it's all about building the rapport and the relationship. I mean, I'm, I'm bringing streamers on, uh, that I've never talked to before people that are Twitch partners and they've got 50 plus thousand followers on Twitter and whatnot. And, you know, like I'm building connections through this podcast. It's free. And it's also a form of content that you can, you know, give to your audience. I think psycho psycho had this, you know, this uh, second most popular episode on the T five podcast thus far, you know, cause all of his people are listening to it. And, and, and he told me himself that, the feedback that these people have gotten because they never really got to hear his whole story or some parts of, of what I was asking him, they didn't know about him. So I, I think anybody who wants to get serious in streaming guys, you, you need to be podcasting. And if you're not, you're putting yourself at an extreme disadvantage. It's free. It's easy to do. If And, and it doesn't take a whole lot of time to, you know, hit somebody up, you know, do a, do a recording, you know, maybe edit a couple things and that's it. You can publish it. And like, now you've got content, you've used it as a networking tool and like, you know, it, it just adds to your overall brand. And, right. and to me, that's, uh, like I said, I'm just mind blown that uh, more, more people are not taking advantage of something that costs nothing and uh, just takes a little bit of work. That's it. You well, know? You, what you just brought is a different perspective to, thinking outside the box you know you're thinking at it from a from a business aspect you know how do i grow the brand that you've got a vision in your mind for your brand te5 on where you want it to be 
Um, and you've got to find unique ways to capture a new audience base. And I think you're finding success in what you're doing. Absolutely. You know, so yeah, you're absolutely right. You've got as, as a person that strives to be in, in, in putting out content, you know, whether you're trying to do it for a profession or do it as a hobby, if you're truly invested in it, you've got to, you've got to think outside the box as well. Um, you know, for me, uh, and, and I know Psycho's got a, a story and Smash has got his own story and all these folks, we all have stories that we come from. And I think, you know, for the folks that get to tune into my channel, um, you know, and I talk about it a little bit, uh, some of the personal achievements that I've did in my life. But, you know, with this podcast, like you said, you're getting to know a little bit about me and more of my experiences, you know, in my day to day life. Um, you know, I manage an important book of business for the company I represent, uh, but I'm also out. Uh, as a motivational speaker, inspirational speaker, and that's that's starting to take off as well. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I'm a I'm an older gamer, uh, you know, one of the originals in that aspect. Um, I'm not a popular guy by, by means uh, from a content perspective, uh, but you know, I think what I could bring to the table, you know, especially for some of these younger folks, uh, you know, by this podcast or if they stop by the channel, just giving them perspective. Uh, not only on just like the business acumen of it, uh, but just on life in general. Like I've been through some things in my life I could share with people. And that's what I enjoy most about it. That is exactly why you should have your own podcast, Josh. Exactly. Here, you here. should have your own podcast. Psych Dude, if Psycho would actually make his do his own podcast, like that thing would blow up, man. Mm -hmm. It would. It would blow up, man. And even for you, like all you guys, man, all you guys should be, you know, obviously it's great that you're on here and you're on my podcast, <laughs> but, you know, you need to, you, you guys need to have your own. That's something to think about, man. It's something to think about, you know, mm -hmm. I, uh, obviously too, you know, I deal with the work life balance, the family life balance. You know, I was, I was watching, uh, one of my favorite streamers, you know, Dr. Disrespect today, obviously. You know, we're about the same age. You know, I just love his character. Um, he's got the best. There's nobody out there production-wise. I don't care. I know he's not the top guy on Twitch, but in my opinion, there's nobody that no, I love that Dr. Guy. Disrespect, man. He's awesome, dude. But he was playing with a uh, NBA player this week, uh, Gordon Hayward, uh, mm -hmm. for the Boston Celtics. And it's funny. Uh, Hayward's wife come into the room while they're playing, and he's like, you know, babe, can I play one more? And she's like, no, we have to go. And he's like, all right. And you can tell the disappointment in his eye because he was having so much fun with Doc and, and Viz playing. And, uh, you know, his wife has captured the audio after that saying, I can't, I can't believe I'm, like, watching my husband play video games right now. How pathetic is my life? And she later went on record and, and tried to kind of put that. But, you know, I've heard that from all of my friends. Uh, whether that's their girlfriend or their spouse, you know. So at the same time, we we, we have to be able to have that work-life balance sometimes. Uh, but at the same time, too, you know, as 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 a male, um, you know, we do – I do this as a hobby. This is my escape. This is my passion. You know, there's other hobbies out there that I could be doing a lot more money, be away from my home. It would take me out of my home. And guys are just wired different, you know. I know there's female streamers and gamers out there, but I'm just speaking from a guy perspective. Like, if you're catching flack from your significant other, we all do, you know. And you, I think you have to, you know, have that conversation with that. Is I could be out doing something totally different, uh, but I'm not. I'm here at home with you, 
uh, in the confines of her house safe. Uh, but I'm also seeking that camaraderie, you know, and that's what I miss most about the Marine Corps. And I think anybody that's in the military has ever served. We don't miss the job. We miss the people. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as you grow a community, you're going to make friendships on me. I've made friends. I've made friends in the last year. Uh, I've got a guy named Mike over in Africa that stops by. Uh, you know, we've had some great conversations. I've got a buddy in England now called Jack. I've got friends in Australia uh, and Canada. Uh, and I've just made more friends throughout the United States. And it just, it just, it, it amazes me how big gaming has gotten. Because yep. now, you know, it's so popular that the game that I love right now is Apex. And you've got NBA players making millions of dollars playing the same games that we love. The, no longer is it just for the nerds at home. It's for real life people. Yeah. And, and I love this movement, man. And I, I oh, got to say on this, I got I, I just got to add my two cents on this. You know, as far as like your significant other, let's start there. You know, Gordon Hayward, I know you ain't going to listen to this, but if you listen to this by any chance, man, just you, know, you let them know what's up, man. Like, I, I was, I would say this, like, just my experience, like, my wife, I've been married for, we're getting up on five years now, but I've been with my, I mean, she's been my high school sweetheart, so, you know, I've been with this girl for, God, 10 years or so now at this mm-hmm. point, you know, since I graduated high school, um, man, she, you know, at the beginning, you know, she found out I was a big gamer. It, we, it was a, it was a struggle. You know, mm-hmm. she, we had to overcome some stuff, but I, I just told her flat out, like, this is me. This is what I do. If you don't like it, then that's tough, honey. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm gaming, man. I don't care. And, and, it, you know, she just basically just got to a point where she accepted that. And, uh, you know, we were able to compromise some stuff, you know, she's not into games at all, you know, and that makes things tough, but, um, you know, at the same time, I mean, it's just about really being not afraid to be transparent with your significant other. Like if it's truly something that you love and, you know, I know it can be taken out of context and, you know, oh, you're addicted. Now, if you're playing games and you're not providing for your family and you're using it as an excuse and whatnot, I, I got no empathy for you on that on that perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like if you're, you know, I, I mean, you're doing everything, uh, uh, a boyfriend, a husband, a man, or if you're a woman, I mean, same scenario, maybe you're a female gamer and your husband's giving you all hell or whatever the case may be. But I mean, if you're doing your duties and, and providing for yourself and your family, I mean, and gaming is just, it's, it's your side passion, maybe your side hustle or just your escape. I mean, there's, there's there's nothing wrong it's about being transparent just letting that person know look this is what i you know for a couple hours i truly enjoy this i would love if you would just support me on that i mean obviously if that's going to be too big of a deal then you know you've got some bigger issues on your hands but oh um, but nonetheless yeah i mean it to me it's it's just really being transparent about it and um you know i mean just moving on from that dude i just I, i feel pretty strongly about that topic but no, ahead, with you, i'm with you too man it's uh you know you shouldn't as a gamer you foot you shouldn't feel ashamed that that's that's what you're passionate about and i think now it's becoming more and more popular and we're you know we're we don't have to fight that stigma. it's becoming more accepted let's put yeah, it that it, way yeah because it, there's i don't think people realize how many people actually play video games still because they think once you hit an adult adults shouldn't play video games well Damn it, that's what I grew up on. That's what I spend. 
I I had the most I had the best childhood experience, man, playing Xbox with my family. And the same people I play with today are the same people I grew up with. You know, the dirty white. That's my brother. You know, the nasty white. That's my cousin. Clutch. That's my cousin. Like, you know, Teasy. That's my cousin. Like, and I've been playing with guys uh, from my neck of the woods for over ten plus years now, um, and they're some of my best friends. And uh, you know, I I crave I crave the I just crave. There, there were times before, like when games would come out, and we would grind them so much that they would just get burnt out. And then we'd have two or three months of uh, where we wouldn't talk to each other, and I missed them. And gaming has brought me closer to my family uh, from that aspect because we don't all don't live together, and we're adults. We have our own lives. But yeah. you know, I don't call my brother on the phone. I play video games with him, and I chat with him. And uh, that's what's so unique about it. Yeah. I'm, hey, same way, man. My cousins, I had a bunch, like, you know, when I was growing up, man, I had a bunch of you know, girl cousins. I didn't have, I didn't have other guy cousins and at you know at the time like you know my my family that lived up in uh, pittsburgh pennsylvania i'd go up there in the summertime and spend you know a few months with them or you know a month or two and that's all we did man me and the girls boy we'd be on socom dude on the on the ps2 man doing that co-op or playing the gamecube and rocket power and all that stuff man and and you know we it was just just from that experience itself man and i mean i've had some buddies here as well where i live but but um, I mean, all, all we can say is we got to, you know, the media is finally exposing how much gaming, how popular it really is. And, mm-hmm. you know, we got to we got to be really appreciative for, you know, what Ninja and, you know, the, the big the big name streamers and what they've done, because they're the reason that the media is paying attention to it now. Uh, and it's really being talked about a lot more. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I am really excited that we're moving into an age where gaming is becoming acceptable. I think a lot of my uh, real estate guys, uh, just, just older guys, and even some of my family are really, right now, it's a huge shock that they can comprehend that, you know, that kids can go to college now on scholarship, full rides to play video games. I think that in itself is a cultural shock. And, you know, a lot of the, these older, the, you know, the older generation is uh, still having a hard time wrapping their head around that one. But that's even helping to, to push this narrative even further. You know, there's so many good things, man. I'm, I'm just so excited to be uh, where I'm at right now in the gaming scene. Of course, it'd always be nice to be a little bit further along and more uh, a bigger company at this point. But nonetheless, um, yeah, there's just so much opportunity, man. Yeah, it that's really what it is. is. It's, it's opportunity, man. And the, there's going to be folks that change the course of their life uh, from video games. And that is absolutely amazing, if you ask me. Yep. And it's not going anywhere, guys. It's just going to continue to grow and advance. And VR and AR and all that stuff starts coming along even further. I mean, we're, you know, we're going to be playing games in probably 10, 20 years where we're actually going to be in it. You know, yeah. like you'll feel it, you know, and be enveloped in an environment and stuff. It's going to be really crazy, man. I'm just super excited about that. It's, uh, it's crazy, too, man, because, you know, I almost wish that this type of exposure and, you know, streaming was around back in the day uh, because I would have had a really good head start on it. And I could have. Yeah, it was the land grab. You know what I'm saying? That's that's all about it. It's, it's it's the land grab. But, you know, the good thing is, you know, and that's that's a lot of people's excuses now. You know, they're like. You know, I, I want to stream. I want to do something in gaming, but you know, it's just it's too. There's too many people doing it now. I'm like, well, guys, for one, you know, 
you building your personal brand, nobody can take that away from you. And, mm-hmm. and even though you're going to enter spaces that are already highly populated and saturated, like if you put in the work, you'll still grow your brand and your brand over time will grow its own equity. But you also got to realize too, that there's still so many like esports and gaming and it's, it's still so young. Like this work, we're not even anywhere near the start line yet of like this thing going to where it can go. And I mean, you guys got to understand and put things into a more practical perspective. Like there is so much opportunity still. And, and, you know, even with these, the, the new technologies and stuff, there's going to be new uh, land grabs where people can just, you know, right from the start, try to get in there and, 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 and grow themselves. But I would, I would just tell you, if you, if you think this is way too, there's too many people gaming, there's too many people streaming, YouTubing, whatever. I mean, you guys, you're, you're still very, you're not seeing the really big picture here. And I'm no, just telling and, you, like, you yeah, gotta, you gotta get in there. I would almost put a public disclaimer, you know, growing up, we always had, we had the guys in our class, the girls in our class that wanted to be famous, you know, want to go to Hollywood and make something out of myself. I want to join a rock band, you know, and they'd start something up with their buddies in the garage. Gaming is, is you could be as a young person that wants to do something outside the norm. And let's just say you have a passion for video games. If I'm a young kid, uh, you know, 15, 16 years old, first thing I would do is get me a job that way I can earn income and I would slowly start piecing me together uh, a streaming set I'm talking nuts to bolts I would learn everything about it uh, you know from a social media perspective uh, that's a younger person's you know kind of world they live in that's they, they thrive in that environment uh, versus someone that's a little bit older like myself um, so you have this you have this audience that you could capture as a young person that, you know, just, just learn about it, go to school for business and just put everything you can into your channel. And I think, you know, over time, that could be a good little side job for yourself. I'm not saying it can be your full-time job. You know, I, I haven't, unless you're at top, but you got to think there's, there's, there's so far those guys that have that outreaching, uh, you know, kind of success. You can't go in with that mindset that, you know, I'm the best. I've got this idea. I'm going to go out and make a million dollars because you're probably not going to in reality. But if you put the hard work into it, you can make some money out of it. And if you're fortunate enough um, and you've got a decent character, you can grow into something huge. And that's just the opportunity uh, that this kind of you know exposure and how gaming is becoming more accepted. And it's going to change. Everything is going to change. The need, the want. Um, I would fully expect like the BRs to eventually kind of die off. Eventually, I don't know. Maybe they morph into something different. But right now, we're just on the cusp of them. We've only got four or five options to play, um, and I think that's that's where I'm at as a, as a streamer. Is uh, I enjoy the BR setting. Um, I'm a fan of it, and uh, you know that's where I'm going to kind of that's where I'm kind of going to reside. Awesome. In that space as a content person. All right. Well, guys, we are definitely uh, this con- This has been a great conversation, Josh, Thanks. and we've went Thanks. a lot longer than I normally would with most people. But I love the flow of it. And, and of course, like, you know, any good content and, and talk, I'm not going to you know put a time limit on that. But uh, we're going to go ahead and start trying to wind this down. Uh, Josh, let everybody know where they can find you, uh, rather that be social media, your channel and whatnot. And uh, you can give any last shout outs as well. Absolutely. So, uh, again, my gamer tag is uh, GR8, uh, numeric 8, uh, W-Y-T-E-O-G on Xbox. 
Um, it's the same handle on Mixer, except there is no spaces between the names. So again, Great White OG. Um, it's spelled a little different. You can also find me on Twitter, uh, Great White 83. Um, as we've kind of alluded to today, a um, lot of experience in, in business, a lot of experience in life, uh, husband, father, uh, combat veteran of the United States Marine Corps. You know, I've got a lot to share. Um, uh, I'm a passionate gamer. I'm a competitive soul, um, but I'm a really friendly guy. I love to play with people that I don't know and meet them and, and get to know them and would love to have anybody stop by the channel sometime. Uh, that would mean a lot to me. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and kind of share a little bit about my story uh, with you, sir, and the TE5 brand. Um, I am somebody that's going to be pushing uh, more and more content your, uh, through your brand, uh, and I'm hopeful that we can grow this into something very, very big for, for many people uh, for, who love to play in tournaments and, and league play. So thank you for having me today. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you, Josh. And, um, guys, it is that time now. We are going to move into the fire round segment, final five minutes here. I'm going to ask Josh a series of fun questions, then we'll wrap this thing up, all right? First question, what is your biggest pet peeve? Uh, biggest pet peeve? My wife. <laughs> Dang, bro. My, uh, no, 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 and I mean that from a perspective that I have OCD, uh, PTSD, all that. Like, I am a clean freak. Like, you know, if there's not lines in the carpet, I have problems. If my bed's not made military way, I have problems. So it's just cleanliness uh, and not being able to straighten up for yourself. That's my biggest pet peeve. All right, my man. Next question. What song or artist are you currently listening to that you would be embarrassed for anybody else to know about? Ooh, man, I'm not embarrassed about any of the music. I, I'm a, I grew up in the 90s, so you got country, you've got rap, you've got rock, um, you know, the classics. You know, to be honest with you right now, I'm, I'm listening to Frank Sinatra. That's what I was rolling through this morning. I'm not afraid to say that. Frank's amazing. Um, I think Music is one of those things for me uh, when I was, especially, I'll, I'll go back to Iraq. You know, I had a CD player um, and one CD in Iraq, which was 50 cents. And I had borrowed it and we had crossed the line of departure. So I didn't have any access to CDs anymore, but I had 50 cents uh, get Richard die trying album. And I played that thing on repeat until the fan got in there and scratched it up completely to where it was unlistenable. But music is an escape. It's a way for people to feel and express in that particular moment. So you'll catch me listening to anything at any time. And uh, I don't think anybody's choice of music is embarrassing. All right. That's a good answer. First time I've gotten that response. Um, what is the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Dumbest thing I've ever spent money on. I The dumbest thing I ever spent money on was buying my first house um, in my 20s. I, I wanted to get out from renting a home and uh, I was tired of renting. I was tired of having that kind of lifestyle. So I kind of rushed into buying a home um, and I had to buy a home that was inside of my means. That was super small, very, very old uh, in a neighborhood that was less desirable. Um, so the dumbest thing I ever did in my life um, was, was buy something that I didn't have, you know, 
the understanding of the importance of it. So as, as again, I'm sharing something like useful here uh, versus something kind of silly. Is don't go do stuff, uh, you know, because you think you're doing the right thing. Ask questions. There's somebody that's been there, done that uh, before you. And in your 20s, in your teens, you don't know anything. You're going to make mistakes. That's the glory about making mistakes in life is you have the ability to correct them. But in your 20s, you're going to make the dumbest mistakes of your life. Um, just learn. Oh, yeah, I'm a walking book man myself. I got a lot of stuff I could share and get into. Not, not that it takes take right now, but, uh, but yeah, man, that's there's a lot of truth to that for sure, no doubt. All right, next question: What is the craziest thing you ever did for love? Craziest thing I ever did for love? Yep. Uh, <laughs> I think I the, my wife. So uh, when I first met her she uh she kind of pulled up and she was friends with my ex-girlfriend and uh i'd kind of trying to stupidly find an opening line uh to be able to talk to her uh in our first encounter i said hey can you can you tell my old girlfriend that i love her <laughs> it was like i wasn't even trying to like do a wow. trying to talk to her uh but that's what came out because uh, I really cared about this girl so much. And uh, in the moment, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, she didn't take too kindly to that. Uh, no, but she's been, uh, she's been my girl uh, ever since. Uh, we've been married for over 10 plus years. Uh, been together for 18 years. Uh, we have a beautiful child, wonderful home, wonderful life, man. I'm truly blessed. Awesome, man. All right, next question. What is your worst habit? My worst habit. Mm. My worst habit. Shit. Probably overexposure. Trying to do too much. Um, you know, obviously, I put a lot of time into uh, video games and streaming as well. Um, you yeah. mean like stretching yourself thin? Like you, you got too many things going on, your commitments? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, okay. you know, we, we kind of pointed to earlier with the, my job, my current job. Like I could be putting in extra hours, you know what I'm saying, and make a lot more money than just like spending all my downtime doing hobbies. But the, the moral of that story is, Money is That's not, not what makes you happy, though. No, no, no. Money's never going to make you happy. I don't care how much. I've made $11 an hour, and I'm not going to tell you what I make now because it's kind of silly. But, you know, I, I've, I've made it in my life to where I'm, I'm comfortable. I used to want to chase. You know, I want to be a millionaire. I want to do this. I want to do that. It doesn't matter how much money you make. You're still going to have the same problems you have today, uh, even when you have money. The only difference that money brings to you as a person is opportunity, you know, Maybe it's a nicer hotel. Maybe it's a nicer steak at a restaurant. Maybe it's a nicer bottle of wine or a better experience with, uh, with bourbon or whatever you're into. Money brings opportunity. It does not bring happiness. Um, so, again, I could be out working 16, 18 hours a day, absolutely crushing it from a monetary perspective because that's the lifestyle that and the career that I have. You know, you get what you put into it. But I've just become more comfortable in knowing that, you know, I've reached a certain point in my life. I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. Obviously, I'm continuing forward, but at the same time, like you've got to have a disconnect. 
and yep. video games yep. for me is my disconnect. And if I can grow my channel to a point to where I can offset the income that my wife has, my wife doesn't have to work. She works for insurance purposes. Um, you know, she buys little ancillary things. Uh, she could be a stay at home, but it's also not smart to have that too. Our child's not a toddler anymore. He's in school. So she's got eight or nine hours a day that she can go work for a company. That's money that she's putting back for retirement. Um, that's money that, you know, can go towards a lot of things to improve our quality of life. Yep. So you got to have proper work-life balance. You got to do stuff that makes you happy. That's not going to want to make you just go absolutely insane. Um, so that's my, that's my answer, man. I know it's technical. It's not silly. No, I love it, man. This is real, real life stuff, man. Real practical, man. And, you know, you're the first person I think I brought on that's really gotten into that as much. And I, I like that. It's really good. Really good for our listeners. So, guys, that is going to do it for us on this episode of the T5 Podcast. If you're listening right now on uh, Great White Stream, uh, guys, if you could do us a huge favor, do me a huge favor. I'm going to ask you this. Um, if, if you know, when this episode gets published, it'll be later. And, and uh, Josh here will announce it on his Twitter and whatnot. Um, this, this goes live on Apple podcasts. You, all you have to do is go to Apple podcasts and search T5 podcasts. You could, uh, you know, rate the podcast, just leave us a review, man, what your thoughts were, uh, from this episode. I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, that would mean a lot to me. And, uh, that's really all I got guys. And Josh, any, any last thing you got? You good? No, man, I appreciate the shout out there. I've, I've got a, a friend of yours that's, that's watching the channel and watching it live. Sergeant Smasher. What's up, bro? Uh, I got a buddy of my name, uh, What's up, Chuck, Smash? Chuck Tex, a uh, longtime supporter of my channel, a uh, good friend down in Texas. So uh, big shout out to those guys. Make sure you check them out. Friend of them on Xbox. They're, uh, they're one of a kind. I'll tell you that. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, guys listening, uh, like I said, I hope you got a lot of value from this episode. And until next time, we'll see you guys. Take care. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Uh, please be sure to share this podcast with a friend who's looking to get into the gaming and esports space. And also, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave us a rating uh, to help us uh, grow and get this podcast more aware in the community so we can bring more value to people. And guys, your attention means everything to me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. And I hope you guys stay tuned for the next one. Take care. Thank you.